Hello everyone, uh, you are listening to LFC Talk at Hotel Tia. It's a nice day, I mean we've got um, a Newcastle, a couple of Newcastle fans in the background ready to head over to Goodison uh, to see them play and um, we've got Jay here, Jay uh, Hargreaves who is an amazing clothing designer but a lot more, we will come to that. How are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. And then we've got the lovely David Fetter, <laughs> always smiling. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm uh, well, Ragnald. Uh, nice of you to ask, but uh, yeah, always good to be here at Hotel Tier. It is indeed. So guys, we have to start off with um, this guy who is our special guest today, David, because uh, look at his t-shirt. It is pretty cool. Um, it's got uh, a tribute to the city. Of Liverpool, this one. But Jay, you are behind a brand called Scouse Republic. Yeah. And uh, when I saw your work, which was just by chance, because um, we went hiking together to raise funds for an hour for others to make some, some good for the city. And we started talking about your brand. How did you uh, come up with the idea to start making these really cool Liverpool T-shirts? It, it basically started off with my mate's flag on the Annie Road. I'd organised a coach welcome for one of the games, possibly Dortmund. And um, we were all, all around, the flares going off, the smoke bombs going off. And we had the Scouse Power flag in the wind. looked amazing. Maybe a year or so later, we've, we've clocked the picture that we've seen. And we've got, got our heads together and said, we need to throw that on a T-shirt. Look brilliant. So I, I've never done anything like it in my life, editing pictures or websites. We just, I just had a go. And it, it went down well. We ended up doing a website. And then it went from there. It was idea after idea. And then I had ideas that were a bit edgy, that he wasn't sure of. And he had to run things by other people before he'd accept responsibility for the designs. So I went on my own. <laughs> and that was it. I don't like being told no sometimes if I really believe in something. So we went our separate ways. Like, st still good mates. Still see each other at the match every now and again and that. And I just cracked on. Scouts Republic was born from, from that. And obviously most of the designs are Liverpool Football Club. Yeah. Tell me, how did you become a fan, and and why was it? Why did you land on the red side and not the blue? I'm just going to move your microphone a little bit, just a second. Just ingrained into me from birth. My mum was a massive red. She used to stand outside the cop and she was a little girl and listen to listen to the players. She wasn't allowed in the cop because she was a girl. That dad used to say. So she used to stand outside. It was right through here. My dad's everywhere home and away with Liverpool Hit, like hitchhiking to the away games and stuff my dad's got some tales eh, some funny ones um, and just the history of the club like my dad had a folder from 1986 the double what he'd done when he was younger all the clippings from the newspapers and stuff and I've looked at them I've looked at all the videos I've seen everything I've seen David at St Etienne and all the history this this club's brought us and amazing nights and I don't know you can't explain it it's like a spiritual thing you need it it's you like music it. it's like music you need yeah. it and I, 
God help me, blue mates, because they've never witnessed it. It's, it's, it's sad, but it's true. <laughs> what is it like then to um, all these years later sit uh, across the table of the Saint Etienne uh, hero? Oh, it's mad. It's mad. You don't, like, in awe and don't really know what to do. Go a bit shy and see how we go. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of mothers who've recruited their sons to become Reds in this show, isn't it, David? We yeah, well, I think if you're, um, you know, Liverpoolian by birth, and yeah, equally mums play as big a part as, as the dads, yeah. That's um, certainly, uh, football has been uh, so much a part of the religion here for, for many, many years, and it's gone through generations, and it doesn't matter whether it's a mum or a dad, you, you know, you you're touched by it and that's it once you're once you're affected by it then you're uh, you're in for life and you know it's never a boring moment is it, jay when you are a red because no. i mean we have a bit of a, a dip in form this season but yeah it's still fun isn't it so we knew jürgen klopp was going to bring this roller coaster ride and if you're going to enjoy the highs you've got to take the lows and that's as simple as that he'll rebuild and he'll go again no doubt about it but that's the football he's brought to us. You can't sustain that type of football for that long. Being toe-to-toe at Man City year in, year out, there was going to be a, a big dip at some point. Um, we can all see it with our own eyes now that there's a rebuild on the cards and the best man is there to do the job. Yeah, got to back him. Because we have had the last few games, it's been that good old Liverpool in a way that we've seen back uh, on the pitch. You know, I think it's got a lot to do with our key players coming back from injuries. A little bit of uh, a little bit of that. I think um, I'm sure there's been a few harsh words said after one or two of the unsurprising, you know, surprising results a few weeks ago. And um, Jurgen said he would he would fix it. And, and uh, there are signs that uh, the players have picked up on the message. You know, either deliver at this back end of the season or he won't be here and won't be involved next year because clearly uh, I think you only have to be around Jurgen Klopp to know you know how he's driven and and his passion he's not here just to be a passenger so to speak he wants to be at the top and and he's an achiever so he only wants to be surrounded by people who have got the same mentality when you see Jay uh, people questioning if if Jurgen's time is out what do you think then it baffles me. I think there's a generation I call the Twitter divvies. They just they want everything on a plate there and then. And if it's not not happening, they're not willing to to take the lows. They just want success instantly. And he's pretty much given us that for five years. He's won every trophy you can win. He's bought himself a better time at least. Um, it's the same with Captain Henderson. No, people are on him now. He's aging. His legs are going a little bit, but he's still giving everything. You've got to just back until the manager decides. You know, it's time for you to be a bit power player now. But no, I think anyone who's slating the team and the captain and the manager don't really know fussy. We can't can't go on playing that football for as long as we have without a little dip. So the proper Liverpool fans will be behind till whatever happens. And now a lot of people have given up the race for top four. And we are the Champions League team with a big T. I mean, we play in the finals just for fun year after year and, 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 uh, and that's, that's what we do <laughs> in this club. Um, 
but this year we're not. Uh, and obviously we are hungry to get back and have some revenge next season. Will we get there, guys? I think uh, you know, after the final last year, Jürgen's uh, you know, bookie plays for, uh, for Istanbul, and I, I, think there was a lot of, I think there was a lot of belief <laughs> that it would happen. Unfortunately, uh, running into Real Madrid when we did, and I think one or two things weren't quite right in the within the team, and the, the collapse against Real Madrid just after half-time kind of sealed uh, the deal really we gave ourselves too much to too much to do but the collapse was uh, couldn't really see it coming in, in quite the way that it did but uh, I think running into a side like Real Madrid as I say in the last stage of the competition you know you've got to be on your on your metal and it was just a bit of a, a funny month for us really you know the, the, you know we really uh, something had happened and, and nobody could explain it really not even Jürgen and I think, you know, it was a bit unfortunate also because all our best players were still injured. If if we had met them, you know, around this time, we would probably have beaten them. We are in a different place, both mentally and, and with some fresh legs. I think, I think if you have a full-strength team, then, you know, you, that's, that's the situation you need to be in. But I think what I found unexplainable was the, the collapse in, in the second half. The, you know, there's been a couple of games this season where you thought, you know, blow your whistle referee, you know, with 20 minutes to go because you just felt, that, you know, Liverpool had lost their way. And certainly we did against Real Madrid. Seen it with one or two other teams. I was surprised to see it. Uh, happened to happen to ourselves, but losing that, as I say, losing that goal right after half time, just seemed to take all the fight out of uh, out of us against Real Madrid. I I, I felt, um, but uh, you know we 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 we've come back, and and now there are signs that um, already now, you know we've seen a, a fuller squad anyway. That's for sure, and then the likes of Diaz and. And, and Thiago are, are really important characters, and the fact they're back in the mix, I think, is a big. Particularly Diaz, who's, oh, yeah. you know, who, who, ex, who ex, you know excites everybody, and uh, he would have he would have certainly made a, made a difference on on a few of the performances that were perhaps below par from from others. Yeah, because we've spoken about this before. Diaz is one of those players who, who doesn't care about the collective form or the rest of the team. If they hang with their heads, he's not going to. No, he just wants to play well yeah. for himself and yeah. for the team. But I think Mane was the same. People yeah. are saying Mane going's the problem. It's not. It's that his replacement is Diaz. And Diaz has got the, the one who's going to get back and help Robbo as well. And we haven't had him. As much as Nunes runs around in that, we need him up the top of the pitch, whereas Diaz can come and collect the ball and make something happen. So I think it's it's good to see with the more it's exciting because you don't really know where everyone's going to play either. You've got Diaz, Jota, and Nunes. You can all drift wide onto the left. I think you start as Diaz in it, and you've got probably Nunes and Gakpo who are going to go through the middle. So I think we're looking for maybe back up to Salah now if it's not Harvey Elliott. But we need a need a few big names in, and it's going to be an exciting summer anyway. And Gakpo is really picking up, isn't he, in terms of of his performance, his speed, his confidence, I suppose. Mm-hmm. His confidence has, uh, has come on no end. Uh, I had a comment from my friend, uh, uh, who was a Liverpool fan, but said, you know, wasn't very uh, kind to Gakpo. And uh, I said, you know, give him a break. And he's only, he's only a couple of games in. And I said, uh, I said, it's a bit early to tell. He's coming to a side that was was clearly, you know, hit by conf- lack of confidence. And... and uh, and that was a difficult situation. I've been in those situations yourself. When you come into a new team and it's and it's not firing at its best, 
then it's difficult for you to just sort of raise it, you know, to to sort of a, a super level. But Gakpo's really proven his worth, and, and looks like he. I mean, he's a first choice now, each each week. He's also like getting moulds into that Firmino role. He's a, he's a like a left winger striker. You know what I mean? And he's getting put deeper to make make the connections of the play, and that's going to be hard to do when you haven't got a, a guaranteed striker you're playing with or guaranteed wingers. The team's getting rotated, so he's adjusting on the job, and I think he's doing a good job of it now. Yeah, because he's got such a, a great breaking through force as well. You know, he can run so fast with the ball, and he and he he's good at reading the game. He's he's quick. He's he's a talented player, no doubt about it, and with his. Uh, Dutch upbringing with this, you know, idea of you know being comfortable in all kinds of positions. He, he's not one that you can actually tie a label to, I don't think. But uh, the, for the size of him, he's. I think he, his best years are uh, certainly ahead of him. He's what 23, 24, six foot three. <laughs> you know, he's got he's got the, he's got the lot. He could be a massive player for Liverpool down the years. And you could see it in the interview after um, the West Ham game. He was actually hinting a little bit about what you said. You know, now the team is 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 in a much better form, and and it's easier to play well when the team is playing well, which is obvious, I suppose. But he, he did come in a very difficult time, didn't he? Yeah, I think if you're around players with confidence, then you know you do you do sort of settle easier and uh, maybe not so much look for help from the others, but you do get that sort of. Help, which is uh, as uh, well, is is kind of hard to define, but but certainly you you you're um, you relish being in a in a healthy environment, and unfortunately for him, you know he uh, you know the pressure was on straight from the uh, the off, you know new new um, you know after the restart of the season, everyone's thinking oh here here we go, and it just didn't happen for Liverpool, and and he, he was unfortunately. Uh, you know, people sort of, you know, were, were quick to quick to criticise. Yeah, hat off to him who actually just uh, stood in there in that pressure and was struggling. And, and also hat off to Jürgen who kept believing in him and kept giving him chances even though his first performances were a bit poor. I, th- I think one or two, I think, uh, you know, one or two of them were, were a little bit weak uh, performances, but... Um, you know, I think it's you know I've been there. You know, you're a new player. You come into the into the group. Uh, he was brought in because he, he was quality and, and he, he proved himself. Granted, in in Holland, but um, but certainly uh, is he, he came with a big reputation. And maybe people thought you know it was going to happen kind of right overnight. And uh, you know that that that's not always the uh, the pot. You know, it's not always possible. But let's look realistically into that very near future called end of May. Um, we are right now in sixth position. We're only one point behind Villa and Villa's got one uh, game played more than us. Uh, it's a little bit um, it's a little bit of a task up to, to third and fourth um, because both um, uh, Manchester United and Newcastle have got the same points. Um so they are now in 54 points and no sorry they are in 59 points we are in 53 points um but Newcastle has one game less play than us uh United has got two matches less play than us and are on 59 points or six points ahead of us with six more games to go for us so it's definitely not in our hands we just have to win everything um 
but it's it, it's a little bit of a hike to get there. But we've been hiking before, Jay. We we've seen the top, and when <laughs> when life has been tough, um, uh, which is also called Snowdon, the <laughs> highest mountain in Wales, and we made the top. We've done it. Can Liverpool Football Club make top four? It's going to be hard. It is. It's going to be tough. We've got to be realistic. But say, as long as we win all our games, we'll just see what it, where we're at at the end of it. As Klopp said, um, I can't really see Newcastle dipping that much. I wouldn't be too surprised if United did lose a game or two and it make it a bit more entertaining going into the last few games. But it is. It's going to be tough. We've got to be realistic and just see where we land. And hope yeah. for the best. <laughs> and Tottenham is, is breathing in our neck. We've got the same amount of points. They're right behind us and we're meeting them on Sunday. But they got absolutely trashed by Newcastle. What a match. 6-1. It's it's like yeah. our Real Madrid game. It does happen. Not only to us, thank goodness. Yeah. It, it's been a season of uh, you know peculiarities. I think we've seen this by the you know the teams are still in, uh, involved in the relegation. You know, nothing for once uh, these things have not been determined early on. So I think anything could happen. I mean, granted, we've left it very late. Some of the defeats we've had, one real rile, you know, rankles is is the Bournemouth one recently. Uh, to have lost the Bournemouth after looking like we'd sort of uh, turned the corner. That that that, that, oh, that might be that might be a telling sort of defeat in the in the, in the end. But um, anything can happen. As say, uh, there's so many teams involved in relegation, fighting for their lives. I mean, everybody's got tricky games to, to, to come and, and in those situations as you point out to the likes of Newcastle and Tottenham uh, you know this seems to be a season uh, of, of surprises and uh, you know don't rule anything out last uh, night we saw Notts Forest get a, uh, probably uh, a surprising win against Brighton so um, no I think um, for the moment everything's in play we might have made it we have made it difficult, difficult for ourselves but uh, don't rule it out you could go into the end of the season with six games on the telly that can all interfere with each other you could have the title race the top four and the relegation so it is going to be an interesting end to the season I just hope everything goes our way and our little neighbours don't make it <laughs> Don't make it. You don't that, want well, them to that's stay the fun, That's the funny one because uh, they've got a game against United uh, coming up. And, and, and Newcastle on, now. And in those situations, you think, you know, what would you prefer? I mean, United look like they're the team that we need to sort of slip. Um, so you find yourself, your emotions are sort of like involved in, in all these games now more than ever before. Whereas once upon a time, it was all about, okay, you know, you can only worry about the things that you can affect. All of a sudden, we're uh, we're kind of looking for for one or two gifts uh, yeah. off off other teams, and that would be a tricky one to uh, to call Everton playing Manchester United in. Uh, I think it's about a week or two's time. Um, you know, who set, what side do you fall on? Who would you who oh, would you go for? <laughs> I, I don't. I think. I'd celebrate either goal from either team on the day. <laughs> but, no, I'd, I'd want Everton to go down. Or what? Why? I don't know. I'd, I've got that many bitter mates that are just nasty with it. Um, I've got some boss mates as well who are just relishing winding them up. But, yeah, I'd, I'd 
I'd love Everton to go down. I'd love it. But don't you think it's great for the city to no. have two teams up? I know. Imagine them moving into that stadium in the championship. It'd be amazing. <laughs> After all the stick they've given us about our little extension we've got. And then they're moving into that. They won't be able to fill it. It'd be great. It will be great. It'd be good for the city, the stadium and that. But seeing them in the championship, their little faces, be brilliant. Yeah. I, th- I, think <laughs> the, I think the, uh, the natural... Uh, Liverpool humour will be uh, will relish uh, would re- would relish Everton going down. I think the uh, I mean, like Jay says, I've got equally uh, I've got some good uh, Everton pals, but equally I've got some who really wind us up. Uh, I think it'd be hugely uh, I think it'd be hugely funny for Everton to go down. I just look at Jay smile. I just the thought you know. the thought of them going down is just grinning with happiness. So. It's, it's sad that it's got to that point, though. Mm. It is, because I wouldn't usually be bothered. But as David says, it is like a banter thing. It's like yeah. when we lose a cup final, they go and watch. They go out and Real Madrid tops and stuff. That's where it's at. Their, their joy is from us failing, but their failure is going to exceed everything we've ever failed at so it, it, is, it is it is sad that Everton have, have unfortunately become a you know uh, we've seen down the years they, they wallow in Liverpool's misco- uh, you know misfortune and than their own sort of not that they've had much to celebrate but they wallow in our uh, I say misfortune I and, that's uh, and that's, that, that winds yeah, yeah that winds you up in or you can laugh at a team who's just got to a European Cup final and quite not got over the line when you're in a relegation battle and that. They're just like celebrating dogs getting lifted in the air and we're winning two cups, but they're laughing at us. It's interesting because our Newcastle guest who stayed here the night uh, because they're going to the game today (coughs) across the park from here, he said the same. He said, we have such a lovely relationship with the Liverpool fans and I love going to Newcastle away. We drink with the Newcastle fans. It's just a lovely atmosphere. And I said, is it the same with the Evertonians? He said, no, 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 no. That's that's bitter and hard, he said. So it's even it's, like it's, that it's, for the Newcastle fans. I, I, I think Ever, Everton seems to have this looking over their shoulders, everybody else, and, uh, you know, uh, to maybe distract them from their own shortcomings. And uh, sad to see Everton in a, in a fashion fall from grace, but... There's absolutely no doubt. Listening earlier on to a couple of Everton players talking about they're in exactly the same situation this season as they were last season. So there's something seriously wrong, and and for a, a you know a huge club like Everton, um, in one sense it's not great to see. But the fact that we share the same air as Evertonians, it's it's, it's they'd be I say hugely entertaining if they if they're to slip. Oh, I don't know. I would be a, li- a little sad, but then I am. Um an adopted scouser, so I have probably a little more uh, understanding and, and rosy eyes on, on the whole situation. It'll just give us a quiet season, banter-wise. Every, if we yeah. lost the game, we wouldn't have them texting us because there'd be nothing they could say. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it's, it's all fun and games, and hopefully, come the end of May, they're all sad. I think we have, uh, for the remaining part of the season, we have one superpower. And that superpower is called Anfield because we have, of our remaining six games, four of them are home. And I'm thinking that is a huge advantage for us, isn't it? You could see that, you know, even though when we were playing Nottingham Forest, it was the Anfield magic that uh, took us over the line because Nottingham Forest is fighting for their lives. And 
and we <laughs> it was by the way a really entertaining game too entertaining because defend- defensively we <laughs> shouldn't have let them have to I, I think I think Liverpool have to be a little bit more di- not direct in a, in a sort of a clever way I, I, I was frustrated by the, the, the Forest performance but we tried to just sort of constantly break through the centre when that certainly was their sort of strength on the day they were um, you know they, they played five across the back Three men through the set, you know, playing as centre backs, and we we continually tried to break through. I mean, the wings were clearly the area that we've got to go to, and, and that uh, is, is has often been our strength. Maybe with Diaz back in, uh, you know, in in harness kind of thing. Um, over the next weeks, I think he gives you something different in a wide, in a wide sort of type of play. Uh, and Anfield will be vital. That's for, that's for sure. We still got tricky games. Brentford and Villa are both. Um, you know, having great seasons and have proven to be tricky for other, other people. But um, you know, the games, the games at Anfield normally we, we take as you know, as given, don't we? Down the seasons, we've always thought, well, you'll beat anybody at home. Hopefully, that sort of remains true. The fact now that we've got three wins on the bounce, I think the confidence must surely be uh, high, and uh, and certainly tails are up. I think. First one is obviously Tottenham home, and as we mentioned, they got absolutely hammered by Newcastle. But they also they also lost uh, home to Bournemouth. They they drew away to Everton. Um, they drew away to Southampton. They um, they only won uh, against Brighton in the last uh, few rounds they've been playing. So they are not really playing at their best at the moment. Should it be an easy one, or 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 will we now kick into that uh, Robin Hood attitude where we where we take away from the rich and give to the poor points? Th- we should be going in there like trying to attack a wounded animal, basically go in and try and get an early goal and rip them to shreds and see how they react, but. You can never count Tottenham down. They're like a schizophrenic team. They're like us, sometimes they turn up and they'll wipe the floor with you and they'll get in behind and you'll struggle. Harry Kane, on top of his game, a danger, especially the way we're defending. If they attack us like Forrest did, with the little drop balls behind and stuff, he'll have a field day, so it's hard. But if we go out and attack them, I can't see us not scoring three or four. So it's a dead hard one to judge. I think, I think after last weekend, I think certainly they are a wounded animal. They've had a very tricky week. They play Manchester United today. Um, are they going to get the reaction uh, today? And is it, is it, you know, can it be sustained coming into the game at Anfield? I think if um, you know, um, I mean, the Liverpool camp, and I'm saying into the to, look, these guys are, are vulnerable, and I think if you get at them. Uh, in a, in a way that you know they proves they're going to be in for a huge you know a bat hard day, they might just sort of collapse. You'll see that you'll see opportunities, but I think you've got to go in with the attitude that you know not look and say well they're going to be they're going to give us a hard game. I think Liverpool have to overpower and and I say make them feel as if like you know you know what I'm not really up for this and. Uh, and just make sure that you get a win. And at the end of the day, and I said it after the Forest game, at the moment, a win is a win, so it doesn't have to be a hammering. You know, you don't have to go and score five or six against Tottenham, even though it's entertaining. Uh, <laughs> any, any, any win will do. We've had some, do, some great win. ones like that at Anfield. Well, yeah, they, they are, they are five great. 5-1, wasn't it, a few years back? I was yeah. there. That's you know, good it, it, is, it is great to win by a lot of goals, but as I said, at the moment, I think uh, a win is a win, and, and you'd, uh, you know, 
wouldn't be going in and forecasting sort of to hammer everybody. You just were, yeah, just, just get over win. the line. This yeah. is a, this is a key time. I think that's where Anfield comes in as well because against Nottingham Forest it was quiet for a lot of it. Nottingham Forest outsung us, and then sometimes we need to concede to get the the fans on side. And I think when it looks like it's because the first half was like a training game, it was bizarre, but with no real agency. We were just stroking the ball around, and then when it went going to plan, lob ball into their keeper. It was just it was a poor first half really, but you need them. They score and then the fans kick up and they go off. So we need a hard tackle or an attack in the first five minutes and Anfield to be at its best. I think in, in, in the you know in, in days gone by, I think the the idea is to to get our teams to get a little bit of in, uh, excitement. You know, maybe come close, even score, even. Uh, but actually have something happen in early doors. I mean, yeah. the, the, the scene was set last week against Forest. It was far too easy. It was like a kind of a, an attack and uh, attack versus defence kind of yeah. uh, training session. So so it was poor. And in those situations, then the crowd don't get excited, fall into a bit of a lull. Then it becomes easier for the opposition. But I think generally... The, the the Anfield crowd react to you know the bigger games and you know you often hear like you know where's your famous atmosphere kind of thing but some of these teams don't appreciate well we don't see it as real threat so the atmosphere yeah. doesn't get up but it will be up for uh, for Sunday because yeah. you know I think everybody knows now what is what is needed and irrespective of the start I suspect. Liverpool, uh, I think we'll see a different game to the, uh, the. Well, I know we will. We will see a different game to the Forest game on Sunday. One individual player who is definitely having a different game these days is Trent. After he's changed his position and is like now more of a defensive midfielder. What do you think about his new position, Jay? I love it. Yeah, isn't well, he so love involved? Watching him with the ball, he's like said to David before when Thiago's on the pitch you just sort of watch what Thiago's doing with the ball I'm like that with Trent now just focus on what he's doing where he's moving I don't know whether his defensive issues he's been having has been down to the system because you know it happened last night a few times he, he bumped forward no one from the midfield had covered the right and they get in behind but it's not so when he actually physically defends he can defend hmm. so calling him a bad defender like I've called him the worst right back in the world before now because he can't defend but I think it's more system than it is him do you know what I mean so watching him in this role I'll be honest with you it might sound over the top but he's as good as De Bruyne passing a ball he's absolutely phenomenal with the ball at his feet he can make anything happen out of nothing 60 yard passes or a 2 yard pass I think he's just out of this world with the ball at his feet we and need to get him on it more and he saved us on a couple of occasions uh, against West Ham as well when he had those runs yeah, back defensively he's cut off yeah. I think that's the attitude We, I think it's been a, it looks I've called him like arrogant at times where he, he doesn't look like he can be bothered getting back Van Dyke's the same sometimes where they just sort of stroll but I don't know whether it's because they're expecting a Fabinho or someone to do their job and get back for them. But, yeah, in all of them at the moment. Do you think he's more inspired in that position, David? Uh, I, I remain uh, sort <laughs> of, uh, you know, open to see how he's next uh, few games. I don't think it's... Uh, I'm not convinced that it's a totally new, uh, you know, 
it, and maybe they've introduced him a little bit more into the midfield at times, but I don't think he, uh, you know, it's still that responsibility to defend the right hand side because if you don't sort of, if he doesn't fill that uh, slot, it's thrown a lot of uh, responsibility on be it Kanate or Matip. It's, and teams in this day and age, I don't think you can afford to play. Uh, I don't know at times a little bit as open as we as as we are. So he, I think he's got to be mindful of uh, you know the, that that space down there. And if you don't get if you don't get sort of coverage, you know, I don't think I'm not sure really Salas or you know does uh, works as hard on his side as uh, as the the the, the, the left sided players have, have tended to do. You know Diaz and, and in the past Mane have all been great for uh, for Robertson and have done their fair share. But down uh, our right side still seems a little bit of a you know a, t- a target for for the opposition. So. It'll be interesting to see how uh, how it progresses. It, it may be a, a transition that is he's kind of introducing. I, mean, I remember watching Trent as a midfield player uh, in the youth teams. I mean, he wasn't, uh, you know, he wasn't a star in the in the midfield role in those days. But um, you know, his experience and his know-how now is is far greater. The the, cha- the thing with the change in position always strikes me is that, I mean, some players are great going forward, you know, because when, when you get the ball, you receive the ball and everything's ahead of you. Uh, the the problem playing in, in, in midfield or up front is you, you're picking up the ball in, in, in tighter situations, sometimes with your back to play and things like that. It doesn't suit, doesn't suit everybody. So as I say, I just remain a little bit sort of uh, I'll leave my opinion maybe for a few more uh, few more games maybe see how we, how it progresses next season more Jay and I we are big fans anyway yeah, so, I just, so involved that's it I think he's so much better offensively than he is yeah. defensively so leave him there yeah. him I think there's a little doubt in that but I'd say the, the, the watchword I think is that sort of being alert and knowing you're receiving the ball often with your back to play or you, you know you're not you know you're not side on uh, it's a different uh, comfort zone, and, uh, and not everybody is is as aware and uh, of, of, of playing in that, you know, in that uh, sort of thing. So we'll, let, let let's see. Let's, On that, I've, I've enjoyed show. seeing him, like th- what you're saying there, where he's got his back in that to, to players. Sometimes where it's happened, where he's getting pressed from behind, he's made like a one-touch pass, or he's took a touch and spun quickly to to get rid of it. So I do feel like his awareness is improving as well in that position. So just just see how he goes, but you know, as I say it might be over the top saying how good he is there because it mightn't last. But he's a special player going forward. Special. Yes. Jay, um, you are due at uh, a, a job now in in a few minutes. So before we let you go, um, I need to know what is your best Liverpool football club memory. Um, got so many, but the one now that sticks with me the most is. Obviously, when we won the league, before my ma passed away, she had like so she had a lung disease. She didn't know she had, so she couldn't really walk. We went the halfway house to watch it because there was no fans in. Um, when we lifted the title, my ma picked herself up. We walked down to Anfield. We had the flares, the smoke bombs. She was delighted. So seeing her face when the fireworks were going off and that, the best. That's my best memory. Oh, I'm so happy she made to see that. Oh, it's mad. After 30 years' wait and being that about half an hour to get the ground from 10 minutes away. Like, well, <laughs> she loved it. It was brilliant. It's so, I say, we went to, went to Kiev to watch the, the Champions League final 
and used to watch the finals with my mum and dad and I said to me, my mum and dad, like, the next one, I'll give me ticket away. So didn't know it'd be a year later, so I'd give me ticket away from Madrid when we, we beat Tottenham. To your mum? No, just to somebody else so I could watch it at home with my mum. I mean, we went out for it. But even that, like the memories I've made watching the match with my mum and dad, Istanbul. Istanbul, I went to every single home game and my mum wouldn't let me go to the final because I was only 14. But oh. I always say if I'd have went, we'd have probably lost. So like a case. <laughs> so yeah, I've made so many memories with my mum and dad. It's, they're the ones, sometimes going to the game is the best thing in the world, but sometimes being around people who matter means more. That, is, that is so true. Um David saw so many matches with his dad as well. So I think we can totally recognize it. And I feel so sad because my dad was so passionate about football and sports. And he died before I got into writing about Liverpool and moving over here. And I haven't shared any of this with my dad. Which I is think so it's the, some of the greatest things, you know. I mean, I was at Istanbul. I've been in all of the, the, the finals, but uh, Istanbul was, was hugely emotional. And emotional not so much from what you see. It's the reaction, and it's always the same for me. It's the emotion that, that, that's there from the, from fans, even standing on, on a Saturday. I've got and, shivers you know, down in Istanbul, because you know. it's just like, and I wasn't even there, so mm. to imagine it. I was one of them yeah. sulking kids, 14, I was like, wait, crap. <laughs> Don't want to watch the second half. And my dad, my dad said to me, if you get a goal in the first 10, we'll win it. I think we scored 54 minutes by the 60th, we were drawing. I was just looking at him thinking, your rose tinted glass of work this time, mate. <laughs> but it, it is the emotion that it, that it means to, to people. For me now, uh, say that the, the, the football isn't the thing that really, really excites me. It's looking at, into people and seeing people's, you know, passion, their, their enjoyment, their, you know, the, the, the tears in their eyes yeah. or what it means to, to people. That, that's the thing that really gets to me. So then that happens on a regularly, you know, weekly ba- kind of basis. Certainly in the, on the big games, you can't, uh, you can't describe the, uh, how much it means to people. How much does the football club mean to you, Jay? The world. Not on t- that could even go as far it means more than any one person because without Liverpool it's got that many connections and memories without Liverpool you wouldn't have them so it means the world my final question is if somebody wants to check out your amazing designs in Scouts Republic where do they go and how do they get hold of some of your work so the website scoutsrepublic.com and you can find me on Twitter Instagram and Facebook um, or floating around the ground every now and again with leaflets and posters. But yeah, it's scousrepublic.com. There's all sorts of different clobber on there from the city, from anti-establishment, and of course, Liverpool Football Club. They're brilliant. Thank you so much Thank for you. joining us today. Thanks very much. So- I'm wishing you all the luck with the Scouts Republic. I am wearing my clothes with with great pride when I wear your stuff out and about. He's made this incredible one on on, on the Liver Girls that I am absolutely loving. So Jay Hargreaves, um, ch- check check him out. Um, 
in Scouts Republic. And David Fairclough, thank you so much for your time today as well. My name is Rangnil Lund Ansnes. You've been listening to LFC Talk. And please subscribe to um, our program so you get the next one shot right to you when it's ready to rock. Because we have been a little bit off and on um, for the last few weeks. I apologize that. That is mainly my fault because I've been to Norway and we've had a bit of illness and stuff. But we're back. We're bad. We're back. And uh, we'll be back next week with some more fun. Thank you everyone for watching or listening. Bye-bye.